This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hi YouTube, it's Joshua Mouse and welcome back to my channel. Today's video is yet another episode in my Summer of True Crime series. Today's video is made in collaboration with the amazing Shannon Spence. She is a really, really good Irish true crime YouTuber and her it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts cases are always top notch so i super recommend that you go check it out after you finish watching this video we have covered a case over on her channel talking about kitty genovese I'd also like to thank everybody because at the time of recording this I just hit 5,000 subscribers which is absolutely crazy so thank you all so much for supporting me on this journey and allowing me to have a platform to get these cases out there and heard. I'm taking all of your constructive criticisms on board, trying to not over edit my videos anymore, trying to make the audio a bit better, and trying to add more pictures and graphics just so that I can make this content and my content the best it can be. I'd just like to point out this video has not been made because there's respect or anything like that. It's just been made to spread awareness about this case by compiling information from various different public sources on the internet. So now with all that being said, Let's delve right into this case. Armin Maywes was born on Friday the 1st of December 1961 in Essen, Germany, which at the time of his birth would have actually been West Germany. Although not long after Armin was born, his family and him moved to Rottenburg. 
Now, Armin's father was actually very, very straight, but sadly it was a disassociated family figure in Armin's life. His father didn't show any interest in Armin whatsoever. Now, strangely, when Armin was little, he actually developed a very intense obsession with the fairy tale story of Hansel and Gretel. And his favorite chapter from this story was about fattening up Hansel so that he could be cooked and eaten. Now, unsurprisingly, his parents' marriage was on very rocky terms, and when Armin was just eight years old, just before his eighth birthday, his parents got a divorce. Armin's father just up and left the family and actually told the family to never contact him ever again. And as you can imagine, this caused a lot of abandonment issues from Ar- for Armin from a very young age. This meant that Armin's mother was left to raise Armin by herself on her own accord. Now, Armin's mother wasn't really any better than Armin's father, but she was very, very strict too, and she became a very dominant figure over Armin. She would often scold Armin in public for anything that he did, uh, which would publicly embarrass and humiliate him. Armin's mother also insisted on going everywhere with Armin, wherever Armin went. If he went to town to like hang out with his friends, if he went to the park, his mum would have to go with him. And as you can imagine, the other kids, uh, they didn't really like that. They didn't find that to be cool at the time. So Armin didn't really develop any friends and from quite early on he was a very lonely child. And Armin didn't have any siblings but as a result of his loneliness he actually developed an imaginary brother who was called Frankie. And it was with this imaginary brother that Armin would begin to explore his cannibalistic thoughts. This is the curious case of Armin Mywers. Now to Armin, Frankie was a godsend. Frankie would listen to Armin when his own mother wouldn't. He let him explore his deepest thoughts and play with him when Armin had nobody else to play with. When Armin started going to secondary school, he finally began to make some friends. However, at just age 12, Armin began to have some really dark fantasies that involved him eating his friends so that they would become part of him and stay with him forever. Armin's abandonment issues mixed with his obsession over Hansel and Gretel began to manifest itself into some really sick desire to eat human flesh. Not that much is known about what happened to Armin during the majority of his adulthood, so presumably nothing really to note. What we do know is that at some point he took the job of becoming a computer repair technician. He did stay living with his mother, however. In 1999, just before Armin's 38th birthday, his mother passed away. And this meant that Armin was now completely alone in his family's quite large home. Armin manifested his grief for his mother via building a shrine dedicated to her in the family home. Reportedly, this shrine included a plastic mannequin, much like the ones you'd see in storefronts, which he lay on a pillow and tucked into bed every night. It was around the time of his mother's death where Armin began to obsess over adult videos on the internet. His most favourite kind? The videos that feature torture and pain. Now, in the days of the early internet, web forums, IRC channels and web chat rooms were the place to be. It was like 
the Facebook of the early internet. You could find a chat room or a forum to cater to every subject that your heart could desire or your desires. You could find a chat room for absolutely anything. There was always somebody else on the internet that shared a similar interest to you. And Armin went on the internet and found a chat room that aligned with his desires. Armin somehow discovered an online chat room called the Cannibal Cafe. Now this case is also known as the Cannibal Cafe case, but I can't put that in the title because YouTube's strict rules around graphic content and graphic words like that um, disallow me from doing that. So uh, that's why I named this case the Armin Myers case. Now this Cannibal Cafe chat room was an internet chat room dedicated to discussing cannibalism. At some point in February of 2001, Armin made a post on this web chat room. It was kind of not a chat room in the, in the sense of an instant messenger. It was kind of more like a bulletin board kind of chat room, um, kind of like how Reddit works, if that makes sense, with the different threads. But it was a very, very primitive version of that. And in this post that he posted in February of 2001, Armin said that he was looking for a well-built 18 to 30 year old male who he was looking to slaughter and then consume. And surprisingly, Armin actually received quite a lot of responses to this post that he had made. Now, I have personally visited this Cannibal Cafe web chat forum um, using archive.org to try and investigate and delve deeper into the kind of conversations that people had on this forum and trying to provide context for you. Um, which, by the way, I do not recommend in the slightest because it is highly disturbing uh, website to visit. The website isn't online anymore. It was taken offline a while ago, but a web service called archive.org, it captures websites um, historically and logs it. So it allows you to visit any website from any point in time. So I went on this to, you know, find more context for you guys. And when I went on it and tried to look for the posts, these original posts that Armin had actually made, um, I couldn't actually find them. Now, Armin on this web forum went by the name of Frankie, and there are some posts made by Frankie, but these were posts that followed the events that I'm going to discuss in the case. Um, so the original posts, I believed, had been deleted. The earliest post that I could find from the screen name Frankie was actually made in November of 2001, which is after um, this initial part of the case takes place. Now, according to some sources, a man who went by the name of Borg Jose actually replied to Armin's thread and they exchanged emails and had a very long and detailed, vivid email exchange discussing what Armin wanted to do. And they discussed this so much so that they actually set on Borg going to Armin's house in Rottenburg so that they could go ahead with um, Armin's desires and intentions. And when Borg went to Armin's house, he laid on the table where Armin was going to start what he wanted to do, and um, he actually chickened out halfway through. He told Armin that he was feeling sick. Now, Armin, as you will start to learn in this case, was very messed up and had very misaligned morals, but he was respectful to the people that he brought into his home, so he let Borg go. He heard him say that he was unwell and was like, okay, that's fine, you can go. So Borg 
survived. So Armin went back on to the web forum uh, to start looking for someone else, to start going through the other replies, to see if anybody else who would reply to his post could be a viable candidate for what he wanted to do. On the 14th of February 2001, which was Valentine's Day, Armin found somebody who had replied to his thread who was agreeing to what Armin's desires were. He had replied agreeing and saying that he wanted to be slaughtered and eaten by Armin. And this man was 43-year-old Bernard Jurgen Brandes. Uh, that might be pronounced a bit wrong because it is a German name and I am not the best at German. Now, Bernard was actually a bisexual engineer from Berlin. And just like Armin had done with Borg, they began to exchange very detailed and vivid emails with one another, planning what they were going to do, when they were going to meet up, planning how they were going to fulfill Armin's desires. The pair discussed a whole range of activities that they could do with Bernard's body, which to me is a little bit strange that Bernard was discussing with somebody what they were going to do with his own body, if that made sense, like his own body parts. Primarily because if you're having your body parts removed, you're not going to be around for much longer, if that makes sense, but we'll get into that further on in this case. At one point in this email exchange, Bernard even suggested to Armin that Armin use Bernard's skull after Bernard had died as a ashtray, as like a cool hip ashtray to remind him of Bernard, which to me is also very, very difficult to comprehend um, as somebody who doesn't have that mindset. Um, it's very difficult for me to comprehend somebody who would get sexual gratification or any kind of gratification from being murdered and eaten. Um, I did actually a while ago cover a case to do with um, the person, a person called Sharon Lottacker, I believe her name was, um, and her sexual desires were to be killed. A very interesting case, but Unfortunately, as of present, I've actually privated that video because I believe I could do that one better. So I may be, probably actually no, I will be recovering that video in the future. Um, I'm actually recovering all my old videos right after the Summer of True Crime ends for my Patreon members before pushing them out publicly for everyone else on my YouTube channel. Let's delve back into this case. So on the 9th of March, 2001, Bernard actually went to Armin's house in Rottenburg. And Bernard and Armin met for the first time and they seemingly hit it off. Interestingly to note, the day before that Bernard and Armin met up for the first time, Bernard wrote to Armin via email saying that the next morning he would bring himself for breakfast. The pair then engaged in sexual intercourse before having quite a vivid conversation about computers. Both of them, both Armin and Bernard, worked in computing. So computing and IT and that kind of technology was an interest they both shared in common and something they could bond over. That shared interest of computers and then also their shared interest of cannibalism. However, as they progressed their conversations and Armin began to ask Bernard to come into his specially built soundproof slaughter room, um, Bernard began to have second thoughts. He began to think of the kind of pain he would have to go under for their plans to commence, and we're going to discuss their plans later on. Um, and he, de he decided that maybe this wasn't what he wanted to do right now. Maybe he wanted, maybe he wanted to do 
um, do it another time. He just wasn't in the right mood for it, um, which fair play. Um, and so Bernard actually asked Armin to take him back to the train station so that he could go home. Um, it's unsure whether Bernard was claimed he was feeling ill or anything like that. But like with Borg, Armin was very respectful of this wish. So Armin either drove uh, Bernard or he walked with Bernard to the local train station so that he could wave him off and make sure he was okay. Um, I believe that Bernard was feeling a bit under the weather, perhaps. Um, so Armin was just making sure that he was okay. Armin really liked Bernard. And I'd like to believe under other circumstances, the pair could probably have hit it off quite well and would have been quite a good couple, um, if not for their cannibalism kinks. But like I said, we're going to get into that in a bit. However, while Bernard and Armin were actually standing on the train station platform waiting for Bernard's train to arrive, Bernard had a change of mind. He said to Armin that he would be able to go through with it um, if he downed a bunch of sleeping pills and had a bottle of schnapps, which is an alcoholic drink for those who don't know what schnapps is. So Armin agreed to this. I believe he had sleeping pills in his house. I'm not sure whether that was prescription or what. Um, and the pair began to make their way back to Armin's house. And on the way, they stopped at a local store um, or an off-license, picked up a couple bottles of schnapps or, and some other alcohol before heading back to Armin's house. Now, like I said previously, prior to Bernard and Armin ever meeting, um, and I believe before Borg ever came to Armin's house too, Armin had actually built a soundproof slaughter room in the house. And the pair went straight to this slaughter room as soon as they got back to Armin's house. They went straight there. And when they got there, Bernard started drinking some schnapps whilst Armin went and looked for the sleeping pills. Um, when Armin gave Bernard the sleeping pills, Bernard took reportedly 20 sleeping pills, and that number does vary between different sources. To me, 20 sleeping pills, that is a lot of sleeping pills. That is a lot. That to me sounds like an overdose of sleeping medication. But again, I'm not sure what medication was used. Um, it's not detailed, at least in English, what the medication was. But like I said, according to some sources, 20 sleeping pills were taken by Bernard, and then half a bottle of schnapps was also drunk by Bernard. Now, I don't believe that Armin drunk any alcohol with Bernard, um, so that's important to keep in your mind whilst we go on with this case. And whilst Bernard was taking these sleeping medications and having the schnapps, Armin began to set up a video camcorder, which he would then use to film everything that would come next. He would use it to capture the horrors that would follow. Now, the first thing the pair decided to do now that they were both ready for the things they had been planning to do for ages online and in their email exchanges, the first thing they decided to do was to cut off Bernard's private parts. Now I'm going to try and censor the graphic details that are in this case, just because it seems to me unnecessary to fully go into um, graphic detail. If you do want to find out the more graphic and gruesome details in this case, it is freely available online, but I do warn you that the articles with that information in, it's very, very gruesome and 
kind of scarring to read. So like I say in all my videos, I do advise you to further conduct your own independent research into this case if you are more interested in finding out all the nitty gritty details. Now I must, must warn you that there also exists screenshots from the video that Armin had been filming on the camcorder he had set up um, on the internet. And this isn't on like dodgy websites, you can find these screenshots on some reputable articles. Um, these screenshots are extremely, extremely, extremely gruesome, and I do not recommend anybody go out of their way to look at them or find them. Personally, I don't believe these screenshots should be on the internet, but it's the internet. Anything Once anything's uploaded to the internet, it is impossible to get it taken down. Most of the articles that have these images in do have a warning before the images, so be sure to be on the lookout for that warning whilst you're researching this case so that you don't accidentally stumble on something that could scar you. Take it from me. You do not want to see these images. The first thing they decided to do was to cut off Bernard's private parts. Armin tried to use his teeth to dismember Bernard's private parts. However, this was unsuccessful. So Armin decided that he would use a knife to finish the job. He cut Bernard's parts and the pair of them attempted to eat it raw. However, Bernard said that it was too chewy, so Armin began to fry it up with some salt, pepper, garlic and wine. He then decided that he would also cook up some of Burns' fat alongside the meat he had already cooked. Armin wasn't actually that good at cooking and subsequently burned the meat. Subsequently, Armin decided to chop up the burnt flesh and feed it to his dog. The pair had planned to eat the human flesh together. However, Burned only was able to eat one mouthful of his own flesh before he became too sick and weak to continue. Burned was suffering from severe blood loss due to the dismemberment and further removal of the fat from his body. Armin decided that he didn't really want the blood to go all over the floor, so he ran a bath for Burned and put him in it. Then Armin began to read one of his Star Trek books while he waited for Burned to bleed out. He would check on Burned every 15 minutes or so to see if he had died. It wasn't long until Burned fell unconscious due to blood loss. Armin came into the bathroom, said a prayer over Burns' body, and after much hesitation, drove a knife into Burns' throat, which consequently ended Burns' life. Armin then pulled Burns' body from the bathtub back into the killing room, where he hung his dead body on a meat hook. He then began to butcher the body, bagging parts of his flesh, labelling it and storing it in the freezer. I won't go into any more detail. Over the course of the next 10 months, Armin cooked Bernard's flesh and ate it as part of his meals. According to the authorities, he actually consumed 44 pounds or thereabouts of Bernard's flesh over the course of 10 months. By November of 2002, Armin had run out of flesh and he needed some more. He had this addiction to the taste of human flesh, his cannibalistic urges made him desire more. So just like he did the first time, he hopped back on to the online forum and po made another post asking for any more people to come forward. And it was in this post that Armin actually detailed what he had actually done to Bernard quite vividly. This post cannot be found on archive.org if you decide to look into the website. 
So I believe that it was removed either by the website owners or by authorities or by archive.org themselves just due to the nature of the case and the nature of the posts. So when Armin made this post of graphic detailing, as you can imagine, anyone can go on this website and look at them and it seems when you go on this website that the majority of its users were there for more of a role play fantasy kind of outlook and weren't serious about actual cannibalism. Now a member of the forum who was actually a student stumbled upon Armin's post and the graphic details of it and concerned um, that something had actually happened. He reported this to the police and the police went to the website owner and retrieved the IP address and more information about whoever held the account Frankie. And they also went to the email provider of his email, which he had publicly listed, and got further details from them. And it was from that, that information that they determined that the owner of the account, Frankie, was Armin Maywes. And they decided to apply for a search warrant of his house just as a courtesy, just as a, you know, just to confirm that nothing had actually happened. They were suspicious, but they couldn't say whether anything had happened or not. They couldn't tell. So they were going to do a search of his house just to check. Um, and this search warrant was approved. And when the police conducted a full-scale search of Armin Mywiz's house, what they found was deeply disgusting. To keep it brief, the police officers found body parts and bones. The police recovered human remains from Armin's house and they quickly located and found the videotape um, that Armin had filmed of what he had done to Bernard. And that, huh, whoever viewed that first off must have had an absolute shock and must have nightmares in PTSD because having seen the screenshots, it is extremely, extremely gruesome. And using that videotape as evidence, the police immediately arrested Armin. And Armin was arrested on the 11th of December 2002, with his trial taking place a year later in December of 2003. Now Armin was initially tried on murder charges uh, due to what he had done to Bernard, but in a shocking turn of events, he was actually found guilty of just manslaughter. And due to that charge, he was only sentenced to eight and a half years in prison for what he had done. As you can imagine, this sentencing caused a massive public outcry. Now I know what you're thinking, how did this charge get changed from a murder charge to a manslaughter charge? And the manslaughter verdict was actually determined due to the facts that Bernard had given full consent to what was happening. He had. He knew what was going to happen to him and he'd agree to it and there was email evidence and there was evidence on the web forums of all this taking place. So that meant that it wasn't necessarily murder, I don't believe, in the eyes of the court at that time. They believed it just to be a case of manslaughter, kind of like if you aid somebody in assisted suicide. I believe you get charged with manslaughter and not murder. Bernard had gone into Armin's house on his own free will, knowing that he would die. Now it is important to note that in Germany at the time, and I believe still to this day, cannibalism alone is not an illegal offence. During the trial, parts of the video that Armin had filmed was actually shown to the court, 
which, as you can imagine, caused some of the members of public in the courtroom and some of the jury to actually faint and pass out due to the graphic nature of the video. One year after Armin had been sentenced, in April of 2005, the court re-looked at Armin's case and decided to change his sentencing. The courts ordered that Armin be retried for murder. Armin, during this retrial, was actually found guilty of murder and was sentenced to life in prison. Now, you may be wondering, why did they suddenly change their mind on the charge when they'd initially changed it from murder to manslaughter and then change it back again? Why did they order a retry? And that was because it was determined that Bernard, he didn't actually have, um, he didn't give his consent in the end because he had taken all these drugs and he had consumed alcohol, which in the court of law, that isn't consensual. You can't give your consent if you're intoxicated. The several drugs and the alcohol in Bernard's system would have rendered him incapable of making the final decision by himself. And thus, Armin was sentenced to life in prison on the full murder charge. Interestingly, when Armin arrived at maximum security prison, he declares that he was now a vegetarian. And that fact, when I first read it, did make me morbidly giggle, um, I'll be honest. And that's really everything that we have for you in this case today. Thank you so much for watching this episode in my Summer of True Crime series, and a further thank you to Shannon for joining me in this collab. Um, we did, like I said at the beginning, another video over on Shannon's channel, so be sure to jump over there right now and check out that video. There is a link to that in my description below. You can also find in the description below a link to the playlist, which has the entire Summer of True Crime series in it, so you can catch up on all the videos, if you want to have a big binge of all the creators that have made videos so far for this series. I won't be covering another cannibal case for another while because I've just done two cannibals in two days and that is far, far enough for me for the time being. Um, I'll be resuming videos on Friday, um, so be on the lookout for those. Don't forget to like this video if you found this case interesting. Leave a comment down below telling me what you thought of this case. Personally, this case I say this with a lot of the cases that I cover, but this case was disgusting to research. Going on the archive.org website, looking at the forums made me feel physically sick, and then seeing the screenshots from the video, only for the few, maybe 10 seconds that I saw those screenshots, they're still ingrained in my mind today. So I do super, super recommend you do not go looking for those screenshots at all. Don't forget to subscribe to my channel if you want to see more true crime content and hit that bell icon so you can be notified every single time that I post. I believe on mobile you have to click the bell icon and then click the top option, otherwise you will not get post notifications for all my videos. You'll only get the occasional one, which is no use to anybody. So yeah, be sure to hit that bell icon so you can be notified. And with all that being said, I will see you in my next video. Time you slam the door, I would be the richest girl alive, live, live. If you hadn't run away, every time I asked you stay, you would sleep right next to me tonight. But you didn't know me, but you wanted was a game to play. And you couldn't handle Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. 
coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.